thank you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this atmosphere. We ask that you speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. First Samuel 16. First Samuel 16, 1 through to 13. First Samuel 16, 1 through to 13. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse, the best Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king amongst his sons. So Samuel said, How can I go to Saul? If, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, Take an heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I name to you. So Samuel said, Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come to me with, to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And it was when it came, when they came, that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at the appearance of his physical stature because I've refused him. And the Lord, for the Lord does not see as man sees. For the Lord looks, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made Shammah pass by. And neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made the seven, seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the young men here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and bright-eyed and good-looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. And Samuel took the horn of the oil, horn of oil, and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Here ends the reading of his holy word. What the anointing can do for you. What the anointing can do for you. Now, I want us to review this story a little bit. The Bible says that the Lord said to Saul, I have rejected, the Lord said to Samuel, I have rejected Saul. Go and announce of Jesse. And um, this, is, this is how he, 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 you do it. You go and you tell them you have come to sacrifice to me. 
And whilst you are sacrificing, you anoint the one I will tell you. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says that Samuel got up, went to Bethlehem, and asked them to consecrate themselves. Amen. He asked the sons of Jesse, consecrate yourselves. The elders, consecrate yourselves. It means that make yourself clean. Because out of you, one will be chosen. Hallelujah. It's amazing that all the sons, all, all the candidates were consecrated. But David was nowhere near the consecration. Amen. David was not part of those who were made pure for the, consec- uh, the, the consecration or the anointing. But as Elijah passed, the Bible says that God says, no, I've rejected him. Don't look at the structure. Don't look how tall he is. You see, the anointing has no respect for your physical stature or, or, or how, how educated you are or how beautiful you are. Hallelujah. I've been at that past. He said, no, no, I haven't chosen this one too. Then Shammah passed. He says, no, no, not this one too. So all the seven sons passed. And he says, no, I have not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asks, are these all the sons? He says, there remains the forgotten one. The one nobody thinks about. The one that has controversy surrounding his birth. You know, David says that out of iniquity, in Psalm 51, out of iniquity did my mother conceive me. Uh, uh, Bible scholars say that it's probably because he was an illegitimate child. He was a side chick's child. That is why he was not legitimate. So when they said, bring your sons, he brought, he, they, they, he, he uh, Jesse thought that bring your sons means that bring the legitimate ones. Right, 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 right. The, child, the side chick's child is not legitimate. So you can't add them to the legitimate. So uh, Jesse was saying, if you are looking for my real sons, these are all the sons. But if you are looking for, you know, the mistakes I've made in my life, then there remains one. In the backside of the desert, if you like, I can bring him. The one they call a mistake, the one they call an accident, the one they call, you know, this one is not one of them, but if you want me to add them, you know, the one that you have to explain. You know, there are some children, when you are explaining, these are my children, then the other one, you have to explain that one. This one, when I was in school, you know, I was, uh, there was a peanut seller who came around and then something happened and before I realized, this one too is here. Other children, you don't explain. I'm not making sense. But there are some children, you have to explain them away. For David, they had to explain him. They had to explain David. And see, when I like the Bible, the Bible says that when David came, Samuel said that ah, he looks rough. <laughs> he smells sheep. He doesn't smell good. You know, the, the, the Bible is very, very polite. He says that he was altogether ruddy. It means that he looked rough. 
There were a lot of hay in his head. He looked disheveled. He was not part of the sanctification. So his clothes were not cleaned. He himself hadn't had a shower for many days. But the anointing doesn't care whether you've had a shower or not. I said the anointing doesn't care whether you are, you are nice, you have nice clothes on or not. The anointing will find you and locate you. May the anointing locate you wherever you are. And, and when, when um, he came, the Lord said, take the oil and anoint him. And he took the oil and anointed him. Now, look at the last verse I read. That, go to the last verse. The Bible says, and Samuel anointed David in the presence of his brothers and his father. Which means, go, have, have you found the, the scripture? Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of who? His brothers. And the spirit of God came upon him. Now, the first thing I want you to know that the anointing was in a private place. I don't know whether you understood what I said. The anointing happened in a place where only a few people were there. So, like a few of the elders... The, the, the Jesse, the father, and the seven sons, a few people were there. But you see, the anointing, the Bible, go back to that scripture. Go back, I haven't finished. And he says that, and the spirit of God, no, and the spirit of God, the Lord came upon him from that day forward. So the anointing is not about history. The anointing is about your present today and your future. Uh, I don't know whether you got the revelation there. It was not about what he had done in his past. It's not about who you were before. It's not the mistakes you have made. It's not the, all the th- bad things you did before. When the anointing come upon you today, it's from today forward. The anointing is from that day forward, the spirit of God began to work something in his, in him. Hallelujah. And I want you to know that the anointing that happens in secret is amplified and revealed to all. First Samuel. First Samuel. Now, the scripture says in chapter 5, verse 3. Sorry, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. The Bible says, therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron and King David made a covenant with them and uh, them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over all Israel. Can you see that? So he was anointed in a private place, but the anointing was working in him. The anointing was changing some things in him. The anointing was making a difference. It was working through him. And the Bible says the end of the anointing was that he is now being anointed in front of everybody. So the anointing you receive in your bedroom will be with you, will change you, will work on you, and at the end will show you off to everybody. Uh, I don't know whether you understood what I said. The anointing may start in a private place, but it never ends in a private place. The anointing is not for you to keep in your bedroom. I said the anointing is not for you to keep in your bedroom. It may start in your bedroom, but it will end in public. 
I say it may start in your bedroom, but it will be evident to all to see. We spoke about a few of the anointings last week. I said the, the first anointing was the Mashak anointing. How many remember? The Mashak anointing means to smear the oil upon you. In Exodus 31, the Bible says that he said, he said to um, uh, Moses, anoint the utensils and anoint Aaron and his sons. Am I making sense? And he says that when you anoint, the spirit of God comes to hoover around the person. If the spirit of God now hoovers around the thing or the person to influence the person or the thing. Am I making sense? So now the actions of David is not his own actions, but anointing is now leading him. Amen. Then we talked about the Mimshak anointing. How many remember? The Mimshak anointing will protect you because the anointing attracts devils. The anointing attracts challenges. The anointing will bring enemies around you. So you need another type of anointing, which is the Mimshak anointing to protect you. The anointing that made Lucifer able to walk on coals of fire in the midst of the coast of fire, and he was not bent. That's the Memshak anointing. Then the third anointing we talked about, the Dashen anointing. How many remember? The Dashen anointing is the anointing that makes you fat. The anointing that makes, brings overflow. The anointing that makes everything work. Hallelujah. Then the, the, the fourth one was what? The saturating anointing. The Bible says that it is like the, the, the oil, the dove, was poured upon the head, Psalm 133. That goes onto the beard, then goes to the garments and to the undergarments. So it drips. So the people around you are able to benefit from your, your anointing. Hallelujah. Then number four, number five, the fresh anointing. In Psalm 92, verse 10, it says that you have exalted my horn like the horn of the unicorn and I shall be anointed with what? Fresh oil. Then number six. Did I give you number six? Okay, number six is number six anointing is the anointing for wisdom and favor. First John 2.20 But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Hallelujah. The anointing that brings insights. That gives you insight to things. Somebody is talking or somebody is around you and you are trying to do business with somebody but the Lord will give you insight about the person's intentions. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The Lord will give you insight that "Mm, this person is not a good person to work with. You have a certain knowing that you know and you don't know how you know what you know, but you know that you know something that is diff- that is making you. This is not the person to work with. It's a knowing. It's like I don't know, but I feel something told me. That's the spirit. That's the anointing that gives you insight. Someone say insight. It gives you insight. Amen. So, you see, all these things happen because the anointing works in you. Can I give you a few things the anointing will do? 
When the anointing comes upon you, the first thing the anointing does is that the anointing will turn you into another man. The anointing will turn you into another man. First Samuel. Give me the scripture quickly. First Samuel 10.1 Then Samuel took the flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him. This is Samuel and Saul. When Saul's father's donkeys were lost and Saul went to was with a servant, and the servant said that there is a seer in this place. Let's go to him, and maybe he will tell us what happened to the fa- your father's um, donkeys. So, as they went, the Lord t- uh, instructed Saul, uh, someone to take the oil and pour it on the head. So, go back to the scripture. He kissed him and said, it is not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance. Next verse quickly. When he had departed, when you depart from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin. I don't have time to explain all this. I wish I could go on. Next one. Next verse quickly. For the sake of time. Next verse. Then you shall go forward from there and come to the tabernacle tree by table, and three men will, will be gathering, will be going up to the to to Bethel at will be going to God at Bethel, and you will meet them. I can't see very well. Let me read from mine. Don't bring yourself. They will greet you and give you two loaves. Someone say two loaves. They won't give you three. They'll give you how many? How many testaments have we got? Okay. So all these things have meanings, but I can't do them tonight, this afternoon. After that, you shall go to the hill of the Lord. This is the Kodesh of the Lord. You go to the house of God where, where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high places with string instruments and a tambourine and flute and harp before them. And they will be prophesying. Verse 6. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Hallelujah. You go to the church of God and as they are doing praise and worship and as the pastor is preaching, the anointing will come upon you and when the anointing comes upon you, you will prophesy with the prophets. You will sing with the singers. You will dance with the dancers and as you are doing that, the Lord will turn you into another man. May you be turned into another man. The spirit of God came upon Saul and Saul began to prophesy. If you go to uh, uh, chapter 10, verse 9, he said that so it was when he turned back from Samuel that the Lord gave him another heart. Somebody say another heart. The anointing will give you another heart. The anointing will make you softer. So if you're a wicked person, when the anointing comes upon you, you will become a soft person. You become a giver. When you are a mean person and anointing comes, God will give you another heart. Somebody say another heart. 
He will take the stony heart away from you and give you another heart. Hallelujah. When they came to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he prophesied among them. And it happened when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied amongst the prophets. Then the people said to one another, what is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul among the prophets? Then a man from there answered and said, but who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb. Is Saul amongst the prophets? You will become a proverb. I say you become a proverb. What is this with this person? Why has this person suddenly changed? Why has this person become so anointed? Is is this person also a prophet? Yes, the person is a prophet. Because God has turned him into another man. Hallelujah. Sometimes your brothers will see you. Your sisters will see you. Those who knew when your child will see you. And they will wonder, what has come over this person? Why has this person so changed? What they don't realize is that it is not the old you. It is not the you they used to know. But you are now an another man. You are now changed into somebody else. Ah, I don't know whether I'm speaking to somebody. I don't know whether I'm preaching to somebody. They will see you and say, ah, is this not the dodgy person we know? Is this not the some person we know? No, 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 no. That is why Paul says that no, no man according to the flesh. Don't know him according to the old history. Oh, I know this girl. She used to be my XSS girlfriend. She is now a prophetess. Ah, because the Lord has touched her and changed her into another woman. I said the Lord has touched her and changed her into another person. Oh, was she your ex? She was my ex also. You two, you are, me too, have gone out with her. But Watermelina has now become a prophetess. I see you becoming a prophetess. God is not shy and God is not nervous about using you no matter who you are and no matter your background, no matter your history. God is not shy about using you. If only you allow yourself. Sometimes our problem is that we can't let go of our past. But the Bible says that when the anointing came upon David, from that day forward, the anointing began to work in him. The anointing began to change and transform him. The anointing will begin to work from to, uh, on you from today and it will begin to change you. I say it will begin to change you and turn you into another man. Hallelujah. The anointing will change you into another man. The second thing the anointing will do, the second thing the anointing will do, the anointing will bring you to a place of work. The anointing will bring you to a place. Give me this quickly. You're supposed to be working with me. Hallelujah. Today, all the people who are working with me are uh, trying to annoy me. The anointing will bring you to a place of study. Someone say a place of study. See, one of the mistakes we make 
as modern day charismatic Christians is that when we become anointed, we think that that is the end. So we stop studying. We stop learning. Now that you sing and people are slain in the spirit, now that you give prophecies and it comes to pass, now that you, you, you lay hands on the sick and they are healed, immediately you begin to feel that you have arrived and you don't want to learn. No, that's the biggest mistake you can make. The anointing is only a, a, a light that comes upon you and sends you to school. Ah, I've lost the church already. So come to, now Saul has been rejected by God. The spirit of God has turned from, from him and now an evil spirit has come upon him and is tormenting him. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul, and Saul's servant said to him, surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Now the king has gone mad. Let our master now command your servant who is before you to seek out a man who is skillful play, a skillful player on the harp. And it shall be that he will play it for you with his hand and the distressing spirit from the Lord upon from, the, from God is upon you and you shall be well. Hallelujah. Now, I read the scripture and I was like, hmm. If you are having a mental illness, what is the appropriate remedy? Shouldn't it be that they will look for psychiatrists or they will look for medical people to help you? Uh, I don't know. Am I talking to a church? When somebody's suffering mental illness, what do you do? You look for a psychiatrist. You look for somebody who has, who has a skill in that field to help him. Why are you going to bring a keyboard player? What is a keyboard player going to do? When I see his beard, the madness of the king will even become greater. I, I'm not saying that. How, how many can understand what I'm saying? When you look at his beard, you can even get angry. So the madness will increase. But the anointing made the servants find a way to bring David into the king's house. Now, David is going to become a king. David has no knowledge of how to rule a people. David has to go to king's school to learn how the king organizes his people, how the king rebukes his people, how the king deals with his subjects, how the king answers difficult questions. All these things he has to be in school. How can he be in school when he is not allowed into the palace? So now the king has to have the mental illness and the, the, the servant will have to ask the king and the king has to agree that this mental illness is only the keyboard that can heal me. Not the medical experts, not the soothsayers, not the, uh, what do you call it, the, the voodoos or the sangomas or whatever. Because all those things were around in those days. When you are sick, you can call for the soothsayers or the prophets on, on those people to heal. But I say, no, I don't want any of them. 
I have seen the son of Jesse. He is a skillful player. Let's go and bring him. Remember the anointing was put on him in the previous chapter. And he went back to doing his, his old work. And now the king's in need. So the king now has called him. Come. Come and play for me. As he was playing, he was listening. As he was playing, he was learning. As he was playing, he was seeing things. As he was playing, he knew who was plotting against the king. Who is a good person? Who is not a good person? Because in a few years later, he's going to be in that seat and uh, the same people he'll be dealing with. So he needed to know. Hallelujah. The Lord took him to the place of study. You know, I, I had a, 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 a brother once who was in this church and he came to me and said, Brother Pastor, I went for a program and a man of God called me out of the crowd and he said that the Lord has told, told me to tell you that you are going to be a great pastor. Uh, a prophet, God has anointed and put all the oil on, on, on the brother and he says, yeah, you are anointed. So the brother came to tell me that, Pastor, I am anointed, make me a pastor. I said, no. I said, it doesn't work like that. He, he, he chill. David was anointed when he was 17 years old. He became a king at the age of 30. Between 17 and 30, he had to learn. He had to be a keyboard player for a mad king. As the madness of the king was going, the Bible said, at a point, the king would take the spear and throw it. You have to learn how to dodge and still be playing. You are dodging and still be playing because one day your own son Absalom will be throwing the same spears at you. You have to be dodging and still be the king. So as you are dodging to play, you are learning how to dodge and still stay on the throne. Oh, you missed a good place to put your hands. Am I talking to somebody? So you see that anointing brings you to a place of study. It is not the end of your study. It's actually the beginning. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? The fact that now when you sing, people feel the presence of God doesn't mean you have arrived. It doesn't mean, it means you have not been introduced. So begin to let. Uh, I don't know whether you understood what I said. Begin to learn because your learning process has started. Number three. The anointing will bring challenges. The anointing will bring what? Challenges which opens the door of opportunity or doors of opportunity. Hallelujah. First Samuel 17. Now remember, this is a shepherd boy. David is in the backside of the desert with his sheep and his brothers have gone to the to fight the Philistines. The brothers are in the army. They've gone. So the father calls um, David and says to David, go and give food to your brothers. You are now the chef. Cook food and go and give to your brothers. So he takes the food he's going to give to his brothers. And as he goes, he hears the champion Goliath defying the armies of Israel. And 
he asked, he talked among his brothers. He heard Goliath come and give the same, you know, let one of you come and fight with me. And if I, they defeat me, we shall serve you. If we defeat you, you will serve us. And David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of Israel? Then they said to him, shut up. Who do you think you are? You little boy. And he said, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> As a shepherd, I have had to deal with a lion. I have had to deal with a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like the lion and will be like the bear. So the king says that, okay, if you are going to go, already now we don't have anybody, so if you want to go and die, it's okay, you come. I'll give you my uh, armor, you can put it on. He said, no, no, I haven't tried them. Let me go with the, one, the thing that I used for the lion and what I used for the bear. It's the same clothes, it's the same skill. Give me that skill. Listen, your blessing is in the same thing you've been doing all this while. Don't want to change it. Don't want to use something different. It's the same thing you have been using all this while. If you have faith in the God and you follow his leading, he will bring you to that place. He says that go and select five smooth stones. And he selects five smooth stones. The funny thing is that, you know, five stands for grace. That select grace and grace will go with you. And as he selects five smooth stones and he goes, it was only the first stone he used. He didn't have to go past the first stone. So he says to Goliath, you come to me with spears and shield, but I come to you in the name of God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And he slings the, the, the stone and it is buried in his temple. Goliath falls down. And he uses his own spear to cut his head off. Hallelujah. I don't know how heavy the spear was. Because Goliath stood nine foot tall. Now, I am six foot. So, nine is plus three feet. So, that gives you an idea of who Goliath is. Hallelujah. He used his own spear, his own sword to cut his head off. You see, the anointing will bring you challenges and trouble. But that trouble is what is going to take you to your place of blessing. So now the women start singing, David has slain his, uh, Saul has slain his thousands, David has slain his ten thousands. The Bible says that that day, Saul will not allow David to go home. Number three. Is it number three? Number four. The anointing destroys the yoke and removes what? The burden. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from you, your shoulder, and his yoke from uh, uh, off your neck. 
How many remember what I said about the yoke? The yoke is like a rope that is tied to the horse. Amen. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. The yoke is a satanic instrument of oppression used to limit a person's growth, a person's promotion, a person's fulfillment, and a person's breakthrough. So now this, this cow cannot move freely. These two cows cannot move freely. They have been quarantined. Their, their progress has been curtailed. Their liveliness has, has been restricted. They can't jump around like they used to before. They can't do whatever they want to do. They are being hindered. A barrier has been put there so they can't go past. What Satan What Satan specializes in doing is to create yokes. I t- we spoke about strongholds, isn't it? A stronghold is like a yoke. He creates yoke. So your self-confidence is taken away. That's a yoke. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Something happens and it takes your self-confidence away. Somebody says something bad about you or a secret that you have kept in years is revealed and all of a sudden you, you, you can't even go into the public anymore because a, a yoke has suddenly been put on your neck to restrict your movement, to restrict your progress, to say now you can't do anything. Now you are not allowed to come into the presence of, of the congregation anymore. Now you can't sing in, in front of everybody because now we all know your secrets. There was a yoke on the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Bible says that this woman had been with so many men. So many men. You see, there, was, there were two wells. There was one within the city and there was one outside the city. And in those days, women go to fetch water in the morning, not in the afternoon. Because in the afternoon, the, the sun is out. It's very hot. Nobody goes to the well in the afternoon. They go either in the morning or in the evening. How many know what I'm talking about? If you come from a certain part of the world, you know, the, the, the ladies will go to the well when it is early, very early, before the sun comes out, or they go when the sun is setting. Hallelujah. And in the heat of the day, why would you not go to the closest well to you? Why do you go out? Three miles into the uh, into outside the gates, three miles to the place of the other well. Because she had been restricted. Her shame had restricted her progress. Her, her guilt has restricted. Even if, uh, hey. if it was Nigeria, Ashao Kobo Kobo. How many know what I, what I, I shout Kobo Kobo means that the cheap prostitute, the one that they use Kobo to. Hallelujah. Prostitute, cheap prostitute. When she's walking, they are talking about her. That was a yoke. But the day she met Jesus, I said the day she met Jesus, the day she had an encounter with the anointing, and the anointing rubbed upon her, that day, that, that, that yoke that had bound her for all these years was broken, and this same woman ran into the city and gathered all the men and said to the men, see, I have met a man who told me all that I did. 
Now she goes to confront everybody with her past. And she became the one that is evangelizing the whole city. Why? Because the anointing breaks the yoke. I said the anointing destroys the yoke. May every yoke on your life be destroyed by the reason of the anointing. I say may every yoke on your life be destroyed by the reason of the anointing. Hallelujah. A yoke is something that places a, a, an embargo on your destiny. But the anointing will break that yoke in the name of Jesus. The anointing, number five, makes you beautiful and attractive. Hallelujah. The anointing makes you beautiful, handsome, and attractive. First Samuel 18, the Bible says that now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was nicked to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Hallelujah. Jonathan took off his clothes, and he put it on, the, on David. Do you know what it means? As the heir to the throne, as the prince of the, of the um, nation of Israel, he had a certain special cloak that he wore that only he is allowed to wear. The Bible says that when he saw the anointing on David, he took that cloak and he put it on David. What it means is that he says, I am taking off my crown. I'm taking off my, where I am supposed to sit after my father's death. I'm giving it to you. No wonder Jonathan never sat on the throne. Because he had abdicated his throne. He had, you know, like Prince Charles will say that I'm stepping aside for Andrew to take over. It, It takes a certain grace and anointing that will come on Andrew. For Charles, who has waited 70-something years for, 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 the for the job, to say that even now that it is my turn to get a job, because of the oil, I'm stepping aside. May somebody step aside for you. I say, may somebody step aside willingly for you. Hallelujah. Just because of the anointing, he stepped aside. He says that, listen, I'd rather you. The anointing makes you attractive. Brothers, the anointing makes you attractive. In Songs of Solomon. Songs of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 3. Because of the fragrance of the good ointment or good anointing poured forth. Therefore, the, give me the NIV. Give me the NIV. I don't like this one. NIV, you don't have NLT. How pleasing is your fragrance? Your name is like, no, I don't like this one. No wonder all the young women love. Give me Amplified. Maybe Amplified will do it. The aroma of your oils is fragrant and pleasing. Your name is perfume poured out. Therefore, the young maidens love you. Listen, when you are anointed, you become attractive. So be very careful. I say when you are anointed, you become attractive. So be very careful. Am I talking to somebody? Uh, 
He said, when you are anointed, why are you all standing? Go and sit down. Sit down and behave yourselves. Everybody sit down. No, no, don't move. Sharon, go and sit down. Everybody sit down. Sit down. I want everybody sitting down. Stop preaching from the back. You to come and sit down. I know the anointing has made you handsome, but it doesn't mean that you must stand behind your camera and behave yourself. <laughs> I said the anointing will make you handsome. The anointing will make you beautiful. So be careful. You see, the anointing doesn't only attract beautiful women. It attracts strange women. Oh, I think I preached in the wrong direction. Let me come here. <laughs> see, I finished this side. Let me do this side. The anointing will attract witches. The anointing will attract devils to you. Just as the anointing attracts grace and favor, the anointing also attracts devils to you. So you have to be careful of the anointing. Yeah, because you're anointed, strange women will, will meander their way into your, your, your place. Strange men will locate you. You'll be walking. You haven't made, done makeup or anything. But a strange man with a yellow car will stop. The yellow, car. yellow sports car will stop. And you say, where are you going? Can I give you a lift? It's because of the anointing. Anointing is like a, a, it attracts flies. Yeah. Bible says anointing attracts dead flies. It attracts oil. Is, the fragrant oil attracts flies. And flies in the Bible stands for demons. Are you with me? So be careful. Am I making sense? Just as you are becoming handsome, because the anointing makes you handsome, you are attracting devils. Let me move on quickly. Next. Next one. The anointing attracts favor. Someone say favor. favor. The anointing attracts favor. Amen. The anointing will bring you favor. Am I making sense? All right. This, we'll do this one. will be the last one for today. The anointing attracts favor. What do I mean by this? Come with me. To 1 Chronicles 12, 1 and 2, and then we'll look at 17. Now, these were the men who came to David at Ziklag, where he was still a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men, helpers in the war. Hallelujah. Armed with bows, using both the right hand and the left, in hurling stones and throwing arrows with bow, they were of Benjamin, Saul's brethren. I don't know whether you understood the scripture we read. Now, Saul is a Benjamite. Saul is the king. Saul is being driven out of the kingship by God. David is the rising star. So Saul is chasing David all over the place to kill him. 
And so David becomes a fugitive running away from King Saul. And he goes to hide in a cave in Siklag. And the Bible says that their brethren, countrymen of Saul, who are supposed to fight. In those days, they were very tribalistic and very, you know, like, I come from here, so I have to defend this place. The, The people, his countrymen, instead of defending Saul and fighting to seek out David to kill him, they go to David and say that we are come to help you. We have come to favor you. We have come to pledge our allegiance to you. This is David's, uh, Saul's countrymen. Verse 17. Quickly, verse 17. And David went out to meet them and answered, if you have come peaceably to me to help me, the anointing will bring your helpers to you. I said, I'm going to bring your helpers to you. My heart will be united with you. But if you have come to betray me to my enemies, since there is no wrong in my hand, may the God of our fathers look and bring judgment. Go on. He sees nervous. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Amishai, the chief of the captains, and he said, we are yours, O David. We are on your side. Even though I, we are Benjamites, we are on your side. Hallelujah. Son of Jesse, peace, peace to you. Peace from your helpers. We are your helpers. For your help, for your God helps you. So David received them and made them captains of the troop. Hallelujah. These are supposed to be brothers, cousins of Saul but they've gone to help David to come upon the throne. They have gone to help David to get rid of Saul so that David will sit because the anointing will bring you favor. I said the anointing will bring you favor. Even your enemies will come and favor you. People who don't like you will begin to to help you. At your workplace, people who you know don't like you, all of a sudden, because of the anointing, they will look for you and they will say and put in a good word for you. They are looking for a promotion to promote somebody. They will say, oh, this person is a good person. Promote them. Because of the anointing. That is why you and I need the anointing. I say that is why you and I need the anointing. But the anointing can only come when Saul, you go to the hill of the Lord, is the place of the anointing. You have to come to the house of God. You have to come to the altar of the Lord. Stand to your feet.